And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Monday, people. Monday. <laughs> it's Monday. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, February 1st. Got the whole team here today. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, Mr. What You Need to Know, Tass Mellis. Good day, everybody. Good day, Tassie. We got the Bass Master ripping them lips over the weekend, Trey Kirby. hey yo. Hey, yo. We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Mm. And last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out right now to the stream team joining us live on YouTube. We're still looking for... Uh, about 1,500 heroes out there to help us reach 30,000 subs. So make sure you all like and you comment and you subscribe and you share the show with your friends. Thank you so much. If you have already, email us your questions and comments for this week's Beach Steppin' Podcast. We'll be stepping on the beach later this week. No dunks at theathletic.com. Best way to get your emails in to us. And finally, as promised, guys, new immaculate items are available for oh! sale at nodunks.com. That's the website you need to hit up because we got a bunch of new merch dropping there this morning. Mm. So go check that out. Lily, you got a favorite from this batch? Yeah, seeing okay. my Knicks there uh, embroidered <laughs> is, uh, is great. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to get one of those uh, Knicks ones to wear around the T-shirt mm. when I'm out shooting hoops with the kids in the street. So, yes, yes, yeah. excellent. So for you listeners only, go check out nodunks.com. Especially, I'd say, if you're a fan of, uh, yeah, the Knicks or the Lakers or the Raptors or the Bulls or the Hawks or the old Oakland Warriors. <laughs> uh, go check those out. Uh, a lot of fun making those, and I think uh, you guys will enjoy them. So far, so good, at least uh, on the social media channels. People are pumped about that. So, nodunk.com for new immaculate items. All right, guys. It's a Monday. Lots to talk about. Let's just jump right into it. Weekend winners and losers. We'll start with the winners. Lily, why don't you get us started today? Where are you going for a winner? Well, uh, I really want to sort of talk about last night's game, uh, the Nets and the Wizards. Incredible game. The Wizards came back late, won this game when they should have lost it. Kind of so, so similar to what happened on Saturday night to the Bulls uh, in again, playing against the Portland Trailblazers. It's a crazy game. But there's something that really stood out to me from this was Bradley Beal, uh, there's been a lot of speculation about whether or not he would like to be traded from the Washington Wizards. Now, he hasn't made anything public, uh, any statements verbally, but his body language in the first half of last night's game was doing all the talking. He was not engaged, and it was reminiscent of James Harden's last game or so there in Houston where he was just like, I'm out here on the court, but I'm not really playing. I'm not really engaging with my teammates, and I'm basically not trying. And Worldwide Wild put up a little compilation. And I don't know, I'm speculating here, but I think Bradley Beal got a text message or he checked his social media at <laughs> halftime and he was like, well, it's pretty obvious what's going on here. And I think someone said to him, 
Get your head out of your ass and go out there and play. Don't be a, don't pout your way out of Washington. Because in the second half, Bradley Beal and Westbrook was incredible. And the Wizards came back and won this game uh, in the most unlikely of circumstances. But forget about the game because that first half prompted me to fire up the trade NBA machine. Oh, baby. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. Oh, my goodness. So I was working it, working it, working it. Now, at the end of the game, I'm like, oh, man, he's, oh, I don't probably need this now. But I'd gone too far. I couldn't go back anymore. <laughs> And so I came up with, I've got five trades here and I'm going to oh throw them out there. And you guys okay, you can... have five, you have five Bradley Beal trades to, to get him off the Wizards because in that first half you were like convinced he was checked out <laughs> and he wanted gone. I mean, if they get smoked last night, there's no question that this is the talking point. It's like Bradley Beal has clearly, he's moved on from the Wizards, <laughs> but they came back on one. So it's like, all right, forget about it. But I'm not going to forget about it. I'm just going to pretend okay. the game ended at halftime. So I tried to find the right deal and I tried to find like a realistic deal that could actually happen because um, there's a few oh, A real Beal deal is what you're saying? Because <laughs> there's obviously a few teams that he's not getting traded to. The Wizards. He's, uh, the Wizards. He's on the Wizards. The Nets. Yeah, he's not going to the unlikely. Nets. Okay? okay. He's not going to the Wizards either yet. Uh, you know, and so I, I found a, a couple of destinations I think could realistically happen. I'll start with the first one here and it's the Denver Nuggets. Now, okay. Gary, Gary Harris, according to Brian Windhorst a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Nuggets are trying to trade him and there's virtually no market for him, which is surprising because he's not a terrible player. He, he's kind of cooled off. He was really good a couple of years ago, but he seems to have sort of slipped a little from that level. But I think it's going to be him. And then I think if you're going to get someone to take the Gary Harris contract, which is two years and $19 million, uh per left on it, I think the Wizards would say, give us Michael Porter Jr. then. Now, do the Nuggets do that? That's a big question. I'm not sure. Porter is potentially a legit scoring star in this league. We've all seen it. No question about it. He's got to work on his game defensively. But Bradley Beal is an immediate upgrade. And in the Western Conference, the Nuggets the Nuggets aren't on the Lakers level yet. They had a good win over the Jazz last night. Great. But they, they are missing a piece still. I think if you're prepared to give up Michael Porter Jr. and you're saying to the Wizards, you have to take Gary Harris's contract as well. I think both teams do that deal. I think so. They're not giving okay. up Jamal Murray. I know that's been rumoured. You know, people saying Beal for Murray. No, I don't think so. You need that third star. And they get that with Bradley Beal. They keep Jamal Murray. And they say, okay, we give up on Michael Porter. He's a good player, but Beal is better. And Beal is more in a win-now mode. So that's one deal. Okay, and hypothetically, the Wizards are all right with that because they're getting a, a promising young guy in, in Michael Porter yeah, Jr. to build around. exactly. Okay. Similar now, to the idea that I was throwing around with the Heat, whether or not they would trade Tyler Hero. And he'd be like the young promising piece. That would be Michael Porter Jr. in this instance. Yeah. So, and that's my second trade. As I went back to that uh, Wizards and Heat deal. Now, okay. basically, you need to put in Iguodala and Avery Bradley. And uh, now Bradley can't be traded for a couple of weeks. I'll just say that. But, but to make the money work, because Beal's on twenty-eight million this year. So to make the money work, you have to give up Iguodala, Avery Bradley, Tyler Hero, and I think also a first-round draft pick. The the uh, the the Wizards are going to give up. Hang on, how have I got that here? Yeah, to the Wizards. Hang on, to what the are we here? That makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Wizards are going to want draft picks. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? And young guys. They're yeah. going to want both. If they so, can. They, yeah. so, they, so basically the deal is Tyler Hero and a first-round pick for Bradley Beal and then the other contracts just to make the money work. Yeah. And yeah. I think that I think the Heat would do that as well. I think Iguodala, he was very, very good for them in the playoffs last year, but you're getting a lot more, uh, a longer, longer time with Bradley Beal there. And I think that's the sort of deal, again, that gives him that third legit star. You've got Butler, you've got Bam, you've got Bradley Beal, and you're keeping Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero. Whichever one the Wizards want out of that, they can pick. So I Fair think enough. That, Fair I enough. Think- uh, if you were the Wizards, Tass, 
Would you prefer a package with Michael Porter Jr. or would you prefer a package with Tyler Hero? Well, let's say like they're very similar packages. Like, which player would you want? It's more? Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's sort of what most people Probably. would say too. Because when I was throwing out the Hero idea last week, I had a bunch of people on Twitter saying, "Now forget that one. Do the Nuggets. We want Michael Porter Jr. as the building block as a potential young guy." And I, I get it. I, I could see it. I mean, I'm still high on Hero, but I could also see why you would have more confidence Trey and Michael Porter Jr. being a a, a really elite star player in this league. Uh, I think these are actually both good. For the Wizards, they would take either of them, I would have to think. Who would I rather have? Honestly, I kind of think I'd rather have Tyler Hero. I don't know why. It's just uh, off the top of my head, I would want him running the pick and roll with Davis Bertans. You got a couple of shooters out there. That's the basis of an NBA offense. Who knows how it would actually pan out? I don't know. I mean, that's pretty pretty fair either way. MPJ or Hero, that's a good young player you're getting in return for Bradley Beal. These are both good trades, Lee. Keep it oh, going. Oh, what do you maybe, got next? Now, these, 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 have sort of been, these have sort of been out there, Lee. Yeah, 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 Let's yeah. be honest. The Nuggets and the Heat, some sort of deals here. What else you got, though? Yeah, but I've put them in the machine and they work, okay? Yeah. so uh, <laughs> You're not the only one that knows okay, how to use them. You're the, the first machine. one. You are absolutely the okay, first one. Okay, now, listen. Uh, I've got two <sighs> trades for this next team. Now, you guys, uh, remember the start of the season, I said I want a Bradley Beal on the Mavericks. So here's the first offer. Mm. Tim Hardaway Jr., Josh Richardson, and young Josh Green, the Australian rookie there. Now, you need to basically put all those three together to make the money work. Now, Beal is an upgrade immediately, and the young prospect you're giving up there is Josh Green. Hardaway Jr., Josh Richardson, you know, not too bad players. Hold on, hold on. I'm the Wizards, I'm saying. Is that it? That's what you're offering? Yeah. Bye. Yeah, yeah. I I, I know. Josh Green? Well, that's... Bag of greens right there. (laughs) That's the young prospect that you that you're trying to throw in there because you know i know it's it's basically i mean we're debating michael porter jr and tyler hero which one's more the enticing young prospect josh green is not even close to the conversation okay so uh now when we talked about the mavs last week it was kind of assumed that porzingis is off the table but should he be Mm, now now you're talking talking, mate now Now you're talking talking here if you're Boban in the starting lineup, (laughs) if you're the mavericks right now would you rather the next couple of years going with beal and Doncic? Or Doncic and Porzingis, wow. based on everything we know about the health of Donch- of uh, Porzingis. It's a great question. That's a great question. That's, like, that's do you worry? I guess my, my one concern: Do you worry having a guy like Beal, with the way Luca plays, with the usage rate that he has, uh, taking the ball out of his hands a little bit? Is that good or bad? I mean, I think you could argue it might be good to have Luca a little bit more off ball. They could use another. They can use a secondary playmaker on the Mavericks right now. That's it's why not I KP. think. That's why I think. This is not a bad deal for the Mavs. I think they like they've got another guy who can go out and get a basket. You know, Doncic has to create so much for them. And it's fine when the offense is working when they're hitting threes. But there's not really that other guy who you can give the ball to and say, "Okay, go and get a basket while Luka's sitting down or while Luka can just take a play off." Mm-hmm. And I think you're starting to see a little bit of fatigue in Doncic's game at times this season. He's a young player, but he's got so much to do on the offensive end and on the defensive sure. end. I think teams are making him work a bit. So Porzingis, if you're the Wizards. Mm. Wow. Wow. I mean, a bit of a hot potato. There. Yeah, I don't know if I'm bit all that into it, right there. I'm, I'm yeah. a little worried about him. I but. mean, uh, you know, I think we all assumed that when Porzingis got healthy, he would be that legit star. And that's what the Mavs traded for. Basically, two sure. years ago, they traded for him. Right now, though, I think that's kind of looking a little dicey because it's just Porzingis just can't stay on the floor long enough. So mm-hmm. if you're the Wizards, I'm like, I'm not sure. Not sure, but if they can maybe find, maybe throw in a Josh Green as well there. Maybe the young star, I don't know, or the young prospect. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Green what's your, in there. Why not? What's your final? Well, you got one more. 
Okay, so um, this last one. Now, this surprised me that I even went this way with this one, but Andrew Wiggins, right? Andrew Wiggins has oh, been. Oh, yeah. Oh, Andrew yeah. Wiggins has been consistent lately. You know, he's not putting up those superstar numbers, only 17 points a game, but he's playing that role there for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. But if you're the Warriors and you have a chance to get Bradley Beal and the Wizards will take Wiggins and a first-round pick in the 2021 draft, the one they get from Minnesota for the mm. D'Angelo deal, Ooh. I think the Warriors jump on that. Do the Wizards, though. Do the Wizards. The Wizards are getting young star in ish in, <laughs> oh. in Andrew Wiggins. But what's more important here, what's more important here right now is you're getting that draft pick for, for this year's draft. Now, where will that be? The Warriors, are, you know, they're not going to be last, so it's going to be middle of the table. But if you're the Wizards, you need to start the rebuild. And uh, if you can get any first-round pick plus, you know, Wiggins. But you said it's the Wolves pick. So yeah, the, the Wolves, Wolves pick, would yeah. have to be bad. Yeah, not the Warriors. Okay, yeah. Yeah, right. But, okay, I'm just saying like... Top the, three the, protected pick, I believe, though, too. Yeah, so the Wolves pick, could keep it if they're that bad and get if lucky. If they're that big, yeah. 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 Come but, on, Andrew Wiggins. Come on. They could do better than that, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, you're you're going back to the Nuggets. You're going back to the Heat. Those are more enticing packages for sure. I see what you're thinking. Like, yeah, the Warriors are all in on getting Beal, but I don't think that's enough. <laughs> yeah, truly. if that pick is unprotected, then we're talking. If Maybe. you can get a top three pick, I think yeah. that's not a bad idea for the Wizards, especially because then you can almost guarantee Andrew Wiggins would lead them in scoring. There's a way to throw a Josh Green in that trade. I think that's a definite do for Washington. But uh, the fact that it's protected top three, that hurts the trade value a little bit. Because if you're the Wizards and you're saying, hey, we can pick number one, get Cade Cunningham, we got a rebuild right there, then they're talking. Then they're yep. talking for sure. But Wiggins, I don't know. I don't know if they're on Wiggins Island at this yeah. point. Well, sell high right now if you're the Warriors on Wiggins, I think. Fair. It's like it's like he's been he's been pretty good quietly playing consistent basketball and that's what they need him to do so that he does inflate his value somewhat and and maybe you can you know pry away a guy like Beal but again if you you have to be prepared to give a little something to the Wizards to entice them um, you probably have to give up a lot more I mean yeah. Drew Holiday probably, was traded but, for yeah Drew Holiday yeah, but, was traded for three first round picks a couple I, I, I realize that but also remember like a couple of years ago Boogie Cousins basically was traded for Buddy Heald like like sometimes. We, I think people go, well, you should, you're going to have to give up a ton, but it's not always that easy. So, you know, if, if the Wizards are looking for the future and they can get a young player plus draft picks, I think they, I think they do that right now. I don't think they want the veteran coming back. It doesn't really serve their purpose. I think they're going to move on from Westbrook as well if they can. And they got to start again, so you've got right. to get some assets. Well, that's why I'm surprised you didn't throw in a Pelicans potential uh, trade package for Bradley Beal because they have a million draft picks. Right. So, like, you can make the money work. You pick, uh, obviously, Lonzo, you, whatever, Bledsoe, you make the money work. You send them over to the Wizards. Like, it's not really about the players. But you're like, how many picks you want? <laughs> you want five? Yeah, we'll give you five. They got, like, ten. Like, sure, we'll give you whatever you want. You know, yeah. and, and it's more like Tass said. It's more like the Drew Holiday. It's more like the Harden. It's like all of these picks, all these swaps, whatever, for a guy at the, you know, a caliber of player of, of Bradley Beal. They, that could be an option, too. Now, you know, I think Griffin and, and Van Gundy love... I mean, if you put Beal into the mix, sure, they need a score. They need some shooting to pair with, obviously, Ingram and Zion. So, you know, it's just willing... Whether they're willing to give up uh, their all all the assets that they've acquired in trading all their guys for Bradley Beal, I guess that's a question. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was going deep into the trade. I didn't get to every team. I'll be honest. I didn't oh, get to oh, every team. <laughs> I, just, I just sort of tried to find destinations that... Uh, you know, like, I tried to get into the Clippers, but I can't. 
That's okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. It's okay. You, you put in the time. I like it. You, the trade machine was around for 10 years. You said, there's no way I'm t- touching it. But as soon as one of my favorite guys is on the market, I'm going in on every team. Only five for Monday. But, you know, we've still got another four episodes to do this week. Maybe you can hop on a what you need to know a task, break it down for another few teams, get all 30 in there. I like it. Oh, that's a great idea. Every day this weekly, you should have another Bradley Beal trade offer that you got to present. Hey, I'm trying to get him to the Raptors too. Don't <laughs> Cool. <laughs> Fascinated. I'm interested. I'm all ears. Okay, so despite the Wizards winning the game, Neil hitting a huge three, Westbrook, you know, Garrison Matthews getting the crazy steal, then a Westbrook three. They win this game, like you said, just like they had no right to win it. And uh, here you are on Monday, burying the Wizards fan base by trading their best player, despite their uh, biggest win of the season easily. You're oh, ruthless, man. What a fourth quarter that was. Westbrook just going crazy at Durant there. Uh, Westbrook oh. clunked the three just before that two that was classic Westbrook. And then what an answer there to, to hit that three to swish it. And then the celebration. And then even then it wasn't over. He was guarding Kevin Durant oh. there on the inbounds pass. And uh, I think it was Luawu Cabareau who missed the uh, missed the layup. But, uh, Bunny. Yeah. No, that was Kyrie Irving's inbound pass. And he did a dance on the baseline. Yeah. Yeah, it should have been, yeah. been a travel. Right yeah. Now. It was cra- and Timothy Luawu Cabareau doesn't practice with the left, I guess. I mean, that was Oof. a layup. Yeah, missed it. Great game, though. Great game. All right, let's keep it going here. Wow, I, I did not expect that's where you were going with your uh, – your winner of the weekend, Lee. I got to be honest, but I'm glad we went there. And we're going to continue to go there until Bradley Beal is <laughs> traded and we have to do an emergency <laughs> podcast, I guess. It might right. be two years. He's still got a long contract ahead. Yeah. He could be a yeah. wizard for a while. So the trade machine's going to be getting a workout here. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll go next here. Uh, my winner of the weekend is the MVP race. And here's what I mean by that. I saw ESPN had an article up on the weekend titled, Someone is going to have to steal this MVP from LeBron, right? And I clicked on it. I love all these NBA insiders over there. And there was a lot of them. Bobby Marks saying like he was watching in the MVP race how much separation LeBron's going to get from the rest of the pack. Royce Young, you know, watching how much LeBron wants to win the MVP. Because if it's something he really wants, then it's probably his. Tim McMahon openly wondering, you know, whether another superstar could make a strong enough case to earn votes over LeBron. And uh, wow, we had some guys making some cases, I would say, this weekend. Correct me if I'm wrong. Let's go to Jokic first. The Jazz came into Sunday's game, best record, longest winning streak, you know, an elite defense uh, led by Rudy, Rudy Gobert at the back there. And Jokic, who's in the MVP conversation, drops a career-high 47 on him in 35 minutes, 17 to 26 from the field, hit all four of his three-pointers, 9 to 10 at the line, 12 rebounds, 5 assists. I mean, it was... Uh, it was weird. The Jazz were playing him strangely. I mean, they were trying smaller guys on him, and then Gobert was sort of the help. And, it, you know, the, the dinkers and dumpers task that uh, we know Jokic can do is like just floater after floater, it felt like, in there. But O'Neal had to turn on him, and Bogdanovich, and then Favors, and, you know, Gobert at times matched up on him, and it didn't matter. Jokic just, that was one of the best performances of the season. It's one of the best lines, at least when it comes to Woboy. It was impressive. He had 33 at the half. I mean, it became like must-watch. If you weren't watching, must-watch second half to see how many points this guy could put up. Uh, I don't know if you caught that game. I'm sure you did. But that was just just elite to do it against the best team in the league right now, the way the Jazz have been playing, and, and obviously a great defense. I think he likes playing against Rudy Gobert. Yeah. I think they wanted revenge against the Utah Jazz revenge on them. Last year in the playoffs, they were up 3-1. Uh, the Utah Jazz were. Then they came into this season when they played them. Utah beat Denver the first time, and then Denver saw, I think, Rudy Gobert on the schedule again. And, and Joker was sensational. The NBA has cut just a, a three-minute 
little recap of every move of his. He shows every move. He beats every defender. Every guy guards him. He's on the move like for a seven-footer. The footwork was amazing. He's on the fast break. He's in the post. He beats everybody. It's just special stuff from Nikola Jokic. He did everything yesterday. It was wild. Yeah, when the three is dropping, he's literally unguardable because they were trying a small guy on him, like you mentioned, and what you need to know, Tass, and there was a great line on the Nuggets broadcast. Usually when you see a small guy in the post guarding a big guy, it's mouse in the house. Jokic hit him with a spin move, an easy layup, and they just say, bye-bye, baby. I loved it. I loved it. Similar to rocking the baby, <laughs> bye-bye, baby. It's the new mouse in the house, but man. That was that was impossible. Like, how do you honestly? How do you guard him? He was taking Gobert off the dribble. He was shooting threes over his head. He was spinning around him. He was giving him every single move in the book. That was impressive, impressive stuff from Nikola Jokic. Absolutely, the MVP race uh, continued to uh, to heat up too over the weekend. It wasn't just Jokic. Embiid in his one game on Friday night, thirty-seven and eleven in twenty-six minutes. Um, just just obviously huge numbers. We had been debating, you know, like. If you're making all NBA first center right now, is it Jokic? Is it Embiid? I mean, it's it's a toss up. They're both playing elite basketball, but then Embiid misses Sunday's game versus the Pacers with lingering back tightness from you know that fall that he took earlier in the week. I think against the Lakers, right? And I thought it was actually going to help his case again, but the Sixers won the game. And what I mean by that is Sixers are 14 and two with Embiid, and now one and four because they rallied to beat Indiana, uh, one and four without Embiid. I mean, if they had fallen to 0 and five, it actually helps his case there. But anyway, still incredible numbers. Durant, he's still there. Don't forget about him. 37, seven and six in that crazy loss to Beal and Westbrook. Kawhi returned to action this weekend. There's a guy we're sleeping on, but not me, Isaac. Not me. I believe in Kawhi Leonard's chances to do this. Now, he helped the Clippers win both games versus Orlando and the Knicks. He averaged 26 points per game over the weekend. Just He just looked a lot more uh, explosive. I mean, the rest obviously probably did him some good. Did you see his bully ball dunk on R.J. Barrett? I mean, he just drove baseline on the kid and just like... Tass, you're nodding. Like, he just... I mean, I don't... He didn't push him. He just, like, is so much stronger that Barrett just went flying off him and then Kawhi dunked it. Just barreled through him. It was, it was pretty impressive. So he looked good. And then finally, and I don't want to step on Trey's toes because we're going to get to loser in the Bulls, but Damian Lillard, my goodness, with the uh, game-winning three versus Chicago to finish with 44 points. So I'm just saying all of that to say, like, LeBron, sure. Lee, you had him as your favorite at the uh, you know quarter mark here of the season. Mm-hmm. But, man, this is going to be a fun one, I think, with Jokic and Embiid, if they can continue to play healthy, be healthy and play the way they are. Lillard's going to come on here. We're going to get some, like, 40-point games here from Lillard over this stretch. And then let's not forget about, obviously, Kawhi and Durant and stuff like that. Fun MVP race, TK, I think, already. Yeah, and like you mentioned it, if LeBron decides, hey, I'm just going to play for the whole rest of the <laughs> yeah. season, it feels like he could easily win it, right? Because, yep. uh, I don't know, they, it was, what, 75 days, basically, from the end of last season to the beginning of this season? That's not dissimilar to when you would be starting the preseason. So I kind of feel the first two and a half, three weeks of the year for the Lakers were the preseason. And LeBron was just out there putting up a measly 24, seven and seven, turn it up a little bit. He's in the lead, but yeah, there was some crazy, crazy performances over the weekend. I love to see these two big men climbing that MVP ladder. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, Tassel, let's go to you next. Who do you got a winner of the weekend? Well, the Miami Heat have really only been a storyline this season because of coronavirus protocol and just being bad after going to the NBA Finals against the Lakers. Uh, they're 6-12 and 12 going into Saturday night versus the Kings. Their protocol absences have included Jimmy Butler, who 
basically hadn't played in three weeks and missed 10 straight games. So there's a good reason why they were bad. Uh, but most of the guys have come back and look fine. But uh, when a guy comes back from weeks off, you don't usually see a performance like Jimmy Butler's against the Kings on Saturday. He was full Jimmy. 20 <laughs> points in the first half, 30 points overall. The go-ahead layup with 40 seconds left. 16 free throws. That's Jimmy Butler. No minutes restriction. Restriction. That is Jimmy Butler. And, and just the will to win, guys. And As his head coach, Eric Spolster, said after the game, you simply cannot put a modern-day analytic to Jimmy's will to win. And that's a man who appreciates <laughs> analytics. But he knows uh, some things cannot be measured by a database, by an Excel sheet. And uh, at 7-12 and 12 now, will this team turn it around? I say yay. I think they, they just have a, enough heart. Everyone is back healthy and still no Goran Dragic. Um, but everyone kind of goes back to their proper spots. You know, we talked about Tyler Hero. He has sort of been in a number one guy role with everybody being out. He doesn't have to be that lead guy. It's just strange, though. This season is the strangest season. If you actually read into the details Tyler Hero in this one uh, after the game he played after it, the game he revealed that he learned a housemate has tested positive for mm-hmm. COVID-19 he got that news at halftime but he played what the heck is going on he's got housemates what the heck is going on I don't know <laughs> uh, and they play with their 14th lineup in 19 games this season that's, that's a crazy crazy turnaround for the Miami Heat uh, but yeah when Jimmy comes back now that he's back three weeks gone uh, things can turn around, and yeah. we've forgotten about the Miami Heat. It's kind of like, I don't know, we were just talking about Michael Porter Jr. being traded. He was an untouchable before the season, but he was gone for three weeks uh, b- because of the coronavirus protocol. It's like we forget real quick, but Jimmy Butler, I, th- I, th- I think, with this Miami Heat team, they can get that thing back going, uh, especially in the Eastern Conference. I think they can fight for a, a top-four seed, and Jimmy Butler... Scored his 10,000th point in this game. Wanted to give that shout-out. There's always the Hall of Fame debate with Jimmy Butler. 10,000 points, not a lot of points. 31 years old. It's not going to get to 20 Gs, I doubt, which is sort of a benchmark. You never know. You never know. I mean, he's going to be around a while. I don't think he's getting to No, it's unlikely. It's very unlikely. But that's why I mentioned the 20,000 benchmark, because that's usually where you got to get to. But, uh, you know. If you're a Jimmy, if you're a Kyle Lowry, maybe you've got other accolades to get you. Yeah, in there, so. you need Jimmy needs a title. Is yeah, what uh, that would help. He, yeah, definitely help his chances to get in. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, we were wondering like, ooh, are we gonna start writing off the Heat because they're not winning any of these games? But Jimmy's back. They're seven and twelve, and like the Celtics are ten and eight in the fourth seed. Right? I mean, they're not that mm-hmm. many games back. It's actually bad news, Lee, for you know Butler being back. I mean, for like your your Hornets, right, and your Cavs and your Knicks. These are all your teams, by the way. <laughs> all your favorites. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, Trey's Bulls and stuff like that. Just like my raps. Like, it's, you know, the Heat, like Tass said, is like, in theory, full squad Heat are a different beast. And, uh, you know, are probably going to jump a lot of those teams I just mentioned here over, you would think, you know, the next couple of weeks, right? Well, that's the thing with Jimmy Butler. This is actually a great position for him to be in where t- people are kind of overlooking the Heat a little sure. bit dismissing him. This is exactly what he thrives on because ordinarily you would take the heat to win against the Sacramento Kings pretty comfortably. It was only a one-point game in the end. It was actually a pretty good game, this one. Um, but Jimmy, obviously, you know, he needs, he's going to take a few games to get back. But you can sort of see the heat going on a bit of a run here and Jimmy really making some noise because that's what he likes to do. He likes to be the sort of, you know, he likes to call himself the underdog, you know, so he can mm-hmm. really fight and, uh, and use that as motivation. But, yeah, I, I do believe that the heat, when they are at full strength, They've got the, the they've got the structure there under Eric Spolter. They play defense. They're a tough team at home. 
they are going to be a tough team. And, no, and again, it doesn't really matter where they finish in the playoffs. They're going to be tough no matter who faces them in that first round. If they can get into that top four, that's ideal. So you get at least one round of home court advantage. But if they don't, like we saw last season, now I know it's the bubbles, different circumstances, but they just like to go out there and make things as tough as they can. They like to play their own style. And it starts with someone like Jimmy Butler, who at both ends of the floor puts in. Now, you know, how many games is he going to play in the regular season? You know, I, I expect he's going to miss a few more just because of uh, load management and issues like that. But when it comes to winning time, there's not many players who you'd rather have on the court or on your team than Jimmy Butler because he's yeah. he proved it, that he can get those wins in those in those tough circumstances. So I, I'm not too worried about the Heat. Um, as you mentioned, they're those teams ahead of them don't quite have the same uh, history of winning in tough circumstances like uh, like Jimmy Butler's teams do. So uh, I think this is okay for them. Still plenty of season to go as well. It's not like it's they have to win straight away. They just have mm-hmm. to get everyone healthy and get back on the court. Tass, you mentioned that quote from Eric Spolstra. I loved it. You can't measure will to win with analytics. Fair enough, but you can measure free throws, which is huge because Jimmy took 16, which is an efficient way for the Heat to score. They've been pretty bad on offense so far this season they're not making threes and they didn't have jimmy there generating those easy free throw attempts he gets to the line all the time and that's a good way for the heat to be efficient on offense because they've been okay on defense it'll certainly get better with jimmy especially once he starts putting on that weighty loss during his time off but getting to the line is an easy way to score especially if you're not making threes from outside so Mm -hmm. that definitely helps you can't measure will to win but free throws is kind of part of that (laughs) that's interesting that jimmy lost weight I mean, they said he, he lost 12 pounds. He, he looks it. He looks he skinny. legit looks yeah. it. Yeah. He looks like just like half the guy. It's like, wow, where'd that go? You're right. Wow. You, you would think the opposite task a little bit, but I guess he was quite sick. You're not, you don't got an appetite. Well, right? was he, was he sick? I mean, I, well, I, I, good point. I, I guess. I mean, they said I he couldn't he, work out as much at least. Yeah. I don't know if it was sickness or just having to be away, but wow. I thought, yeah, I would assume he'd get beefier if you can't work <laughs> out. You know, you just you just put on some LBs, but I guess he was smart. I guess it was just coffee and only coffee. <laughs> That's right. It's going straight through him. All right, Trey, uh, finish it off here for uh, winners of the weekend. What do you have? Oh, what a weekend for no dunks. We talked about the no dunks trifecta last week, and we almost hit it over the weekend. First, let's talk about the wedgies, baby. Pascal Siakam. Stuck number 15 against the Kings on Friday. Gentle little finger roll wedgie. Crazy. Would have appreciated a shout out from Matt Devlin. <laughs> yeah, people. Up, come on, come on, buddy. Nonetheless, it's all good because on Sunday, we got number 16. This one came from the Timberwolves. Or I guess it, technically from the Cavs. Torian Prince sticking one from deep. This is just a classic wedgie right here. The three-pointer. Uh, the broadcast, the Timberwolves broadcast said shout out to the starters. R.I.P. <laughs> We are still alive, but we appreciate the shout out. We're at no dunks now. You can find us. We're talking to Lamar Hurd. He knows what's up. He's educating the rest of the broadcasters out there. It'll make its way around. That was incredible, but that's not all, folks. The big boys, we're hitting the boards all weekend. We doubled up on wedgies. We doubled up on big beef. We had to do it to him. JD, roll that beautiful beef footage. It's not working. Oh, (laughs) we don't need the footage anyways. Forget about it. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. 
That's all good. We'll roll it back some. It's meatless Mondays. Meatless, it's meatless Mondays. Mondays. Yeah, here, here's what we'll do anyway. If we will just post it by itself on our yeah, YouTube yeah, channel. Yeah. So there you go. Just enticing you to go check that out and subscribe. But why don't you tell us who got the beef at least? You want to hear about some beef? Stephen Adams got beef. Finally. The guy was destined to get beef. As everybody knows, he made a commercial with the Oklahoma Beef Council. You know, just a group of men getting together to talk about steaks. He made one of those. He had a nice beef on Friday. 20 rebounds, only four points. People were loving the 420 beef and the fact that he <laughs> ate so much that Brandon Ingram scored 35 points, zero rebounds. This was a great beef from yeah. Steven Adams. 10 offensive, 10 defensive. The guy was on the board or on the floor all the time. The tips were hilarious. This is a very scrappy beef from Steven Adams. Andre Drummond got his third big beef of the season. He had 12 last year. We're up now to wait. Blah, 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 blah. 10 beefs on the season. Ooh. Last season, we had 50 big beefs. I went back and checked the 20 Holy. rebound stats, which is hilarious because my man Big Smooth challenged me to a bet over the weekend. He said, I think we're getting 50 big beefs this season. Winner buys the other one a romantic big beef dinner. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what that is, but but it's on the table. We talked about the trifecta. We got pretty close. We had the wedgie and the beef. It both happened on Friday and set on Sunday. But what is the third thing that's out there? Both teams probably had VSPs, but that's a little bit more subjective, I think. Yeah. You know, you can have multiple VSPs during a game. Everybody disagrees. <laughs> a couple of more options here. Tyrese Halliburton hit a dagger late against the Raptors. Would have been a great time for a curtains. Halliburton. Halliburton. Yeah. yeah, I was happy to see that come across. Uh, like Skeet said, I caught my first big bass of the year. Yep. I don't know if that's part of the trifecta or maybe it's something else. There's got to be something else out there that is a perfectly discreet event for the no dunks trifecta. A beef, a wedgie, and a something else. Mm. Yeah, you you tell us. Let us know in the stream team right now. Tweet at us at No Dunks Inc. What what completes the No Dunks trifecta, especially like in a game or over a weekend? Uh, I love that question, and I'm sure you guys will have some great answers. All right, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, again, we'll get the big beef volume seven. I think we're up to right, Trey. Number seven. That'll be up on our YouTube uh, channel by the time you're listening to this podcast. So go check it yeah. out. All right. I love Stephen Adams' beef, especially because he said, uh, "Well, if you're not scoring any points, mate, you might as well do something else." <laughs> yeah, because uh, he said, "I only had four points. I got to do something else." And so he was going after that beef. Uh, good for him. Good for him. Making a difference out there. Smashing that beef. All right, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, NBA weekend losers. Trey, I teased it when we were talking winners and Lillard hitting a big bomb to win the game. But uh, we got an idea where you're going for your loser of the weekend. Yeah, baby. Heart-crushing loss for the Bulls on Saturday. And to be quite honest, I felt like I was caught in a Doctor Strange time loop. On Saturday night, I tried to watch another Captain America movie. Last time, 
I was interrupted by Shea Gilgis Alexander and Dort destroying the Bulls. And this time you mentioned it, Skeets. It was Damian Lillard. I was in the group chat with my bros. We were all sending pictures of how beautiful our hands look. I was ready to make another declaration that the Bulls were coming back, and they did. Coming back from way down, they take the lead in the fourth quarter. I had the tweets all crafted in my brain, ready to proclaim this game two of the 92 finals. The Bulls are back. Zach Levine should stalt the All-Star game. But then Dame Lillard makes a 37-footer with eight seconds left. Cuts the lead to two. The Bulls get jobbed on a jump ball call. It was a quick that, call. That was a quick call. There was yeah. a lot of arms there. Yep. I'm a man, Zach Levine. If he's already starting the All-Star game, I guarantee you he gets that call, but he didn't. He also lost the jump ball to Gary Trent. I love when guards do jump balls. Zach Levine has maybe the best vertical in the NBA, but you can tell he's not used to jumping for yep. jump balls. I was the Rudy Gay guy again. Not this guy! <laughs> of course, somehow the ball gets tipped out to Damian Lillard. He sidesteps Lowry Markinen, wins it for the Blazers, and I just honestly had to go head and shirt for five minutes straight. Just like this. <laughs> I cannot believe it happened. I wasn't upset, though, right? Because you're like, okay, if Lillard's going to beat you, if he's going to hit two 30-footers in the last eight seconds of a game to beat you, you just got to tip your beret to that guy. Incredible <laughs> stuff, but I'm just happy to be done with the Captain America series because every time I turn it on, the Bulls somehow rip my heart from my chest <laughs> as if I were Bucky Barnes. <sighs> Bad news, oh, Bears. Uh, it was an ugly loss, but that was incredible from oh. Lillard, man. Oh, my goodness. He was money the entire second half. Anytime he shot it, it was going in. He had, a, I think, a 37-footer from the left wing, kind of his classic spot. I remember Trey Young had the point at the same spot not too long ago. The guy was money. Every time he touches the ball, you're like, it's going in. Um, I felt like Michael Jordan again. You made it personal to me because it felt like Lillard had seen my tweets that I did not have him starting oh, wow. in the All-Star game. He's like, oh, oh, is that what you think? In your face, you stupid idiot. <laughs> what do you think you know, of that game, lately? Off that, off that jump ball, too, it wasn't like it was clean possession. Uh-uh. You know, it, no. It, 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 it sort of was a bit of a scramble. Just ended up in the, if you're a Bulls fan, the worst possible person's pair of hands in Lillard. And Markkinen's right there. Oh, yeah. What but a Lill- yeah, Lillard sort of falling out of bounds, you know, rising up and just knocked it in clean. Pretty cold celebration there from Lillard too, just raises the arms. Like, uh, it's just incredible because prior to that as well, Colby White had, he basically had a layup and he turned that down. He got fouled. Now, we made both free throws, but for me, it was like, you know, you may as well dunk that or lay it up. You're that mm-hmm. close to the hoop anyway, but he made them both. So it was like, okay, that didn't yeah. cost his team. But then Lillard just comes down, steps into the first three, and obviously the Blazers were very lucky to get a jump ball, as you as you mentioned. They looked like Zach Levine got uh, got wrapped up and had plenty of contact, but they call it. And then and then yeah, Zach, it's almost like he wasn't even paying attention to that jump ball. He, <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure what was happening there, but then you know it sort of the scramble happened. It fell out. Lillard, I mean, yeah, he, it, you don't mind. You can take a loss if it's Lillard hitting a three like that because he's done that to so many teams. He's done it in much uh, bigger circumstance in terms of playoffs as well. So thankfully it wasn't the ending a playoff series or anything like that. But uh, yeah, tough one for the Bulls to swallow. And, and Zach Levine, uh, it was funny. I think it was Garrett Temple as well. He didn't even leave the court. He was just staring like, that didn't happen. I can't, there's no way we could have lost this game. It's impossible. <laughs> but they did. And yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, TK. It was a tough one. Those are fun ones to lose, man. When you when you lose to like something amazing like that that everybody's yeah. talking about, you get sad, but it's also just you're just like you're marveling. No, yeah. not not supposed to be a reference there. Not supposed to be a superhero reference, but you're definitely <laughs> marveling. It's what happens on the screen. It's like, of course, this is going to happen. The only way the Bulls can lose this game 
as if Damian Lillard makes two threes from 30 feet away. Yeah. And he did it. That's awesome. Yeah, we had some awesome, awesome endings like games this weekend, right? Because that one, the Nets-Wizards one we already talked about. I would throw the uh, Lakers-Celtics in there. Oh, yeah. Where Kemba had, a you know, obviously a great look. Yeah, and I'm probably forgetting a couple other ones as well. There were some really, really close games. Okay, doubles, loser of the weekend. Lily, let's go to you next. Who do you have? Well, probably considering how much drama there was on the weekend, it was a good weekend for the Bucks to lose a couple of stinkers uh, <laughs> because they got big ballered. On the weekend. Ooh. First, it was uh, Lonzo Ball hitting seven threes against him. And so did Eric Bledsoe. Oh, yeah, he's got revenge. He's got to be angry against the team that traded him away. They gave him a great situation. He couldn't deliver. He hit seven threes once as a Milwaukee Buck. Oh, yeah, great. Uh, but anyway, look, the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, the last couple of seasons, their approach to defense has been like, we'll, we'll let teams shoot threes. Yeah. And, uh, okay, the Bucks, uh, the uh, the Pelicans, and then the Hornets on Saturday night both said, okay, we will hit threes, and they hit 21 each at a pretty good percentage too, well over 40%. And, uh, yeah, the Bucks. I mean, I don't know if we should sort of start worrying about them, but they're certainly not playing very convincing basketball right now. Giannis's numbers are great, you know, fine. There are no significant injury concerns there, but uh, certainly not intimidating teams, and their defense has been missing a lot. So... Mm-hmm. They're, you know, there's still plenty of time here, and I think they've got a good team, but uh, certainly not like where they were last season, where it's like they're, they're the best team in the Eastern Conference, certainly, you know, in, in terms of the regular season. And you just wonder when they're going to get it together because uh, the Hornets, I mean, the Hornets hammered them late in that game, uh, really. And that was the sort of game you would expect a team like the Bucks to bounce back from after losing one to the Pelicans the night before, but they, they didn't do that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, they they ran into the Ball Brothers and the Ball Brothers. I mean, uh, Lamelo had twenty seven and nine, was a plus thirty seven. That was his the best Milwaukee. game. Yeah, yeah. twenty seven and nine plus thirty seven. Just incredible numbers for him. I mean, you can take that plus or minus and do whatever you want with it, but when you see it that significant, it's like okay, I'm going to use it to uh, help my argument here to say <laughs> that the great. The Bucks, sure. the Bucks stunk totally. it up on the weekend. So, um, yeah, bad weekend for Milwaukee. Big baller branded. I love that. Yeah. Um, remember we had a debate. No, no, it wasn't much of a debate, but we had the question going around a couple weeks ago. Like if it, if we were building the Charlotte Hornets in NBA Jam 2021, like today, who is LaMelo's partner? I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's Bridges. <laughs> Just for pure entertainment factor. I know like Hayward's the better player and all that, but man, how many dunks, how many alley-oops do, does LaMelo and Bridges already have that are like amazing there's well, like well well but but how many of them as well are embellished just because of eric collins on the call like he goes crazy he's wow, great, he's great. It's, it's like an bridges and one guy is, calling these highlights yeah but he bridges is like looking at the rim in a couple of these like yeah. and obviously Lamelo throws it with flair too my point is like these are i think they're up to like four or five like just awesome awesome plays it feels like uh so they are the nba jam duo if we're building this in 2021 i think you can lock that in it's just oh, so that hoop was ridiculous like you're saying he's looking at the hoop and then he's basically laughing at how hard or how high he had to jump to catch it and throw it down as he's coming down when a guy is reacting to his own dunk as it's still happening you know it's a classic i loved what james borrego said after lamello getting all these minutes he's like he brings out the joy in everybody people love playing with him he brings out their joy he even brings me more joy coaching (laughs) why are you keeping him on the bench buddy if you're having such a good time put him in and let your team run wild it's going to start happening now with Terry Rozier going out with an ankle injury. Fun times in Charlotte. Yeah, but LaMelo's going to get some more minutes here. The numbers are going to be higher. It's going to be some more triple doubles and hopefully some more highlights. And hopefully for Hornets fans, some more wins. Are you worried about the Bucks at all, Tass? 
um, with their slow, very slow start for them, of course, being a dominant regular season team over the last couple of years. I don't know. There's a lot of slow starties out there. Mm-hmm. I think the Bucks are sort of one of them. I, I don't know why. I, I understand why you leave Alonzo uh, Ball and Eric Bledsoe open uh, on Friday night. Sure. They don't hit threes, so they both tied their career high with seven threes each. So they make decisions, and sometimes they're not great ones uh, because guys are confident. Guys are three-point shooters. Guys are NBA players, so sometimes they have special nights. Eric Bledsoe, revenge game, sure. Alonzo uh, Ball, special game, sure. Yeah, you know, I'm more wor- worried about what Giannis Tetkumpo did on Saturday, missing a, a lot of free throws again, going 10 of 18 from the free throw line. He banged mm-hmm. some knees. So I'm not, not, uh, not concerned about their you know, quote-unquote slow start. It just seems like there's a lot of teams out there uh, doing that. But uh, it's some small stuff, for mm-hmm. sure. Some small stuff. Well, a team I think we could maybe genuinely be disappointed about, um, enough so that Lee's trying to get Bradley Beal on their team, is, uh, is the Mavericks. I'll give them a loser of the weekend. Not a good weekend for Dallas. They've lost five straight now. They lost to Utah by 19. They followed that up with a loss to the Suns by six. Um, you know, following the Jazz game specifically, Luka's concerned no doubt he said quote we've got to step up and just talk to each other and play way better than this it's mostly effort he also talked about like he's just not used to this (laughs) this losing uh again five in a row here mavericks are just below average on both sides of the ball they're just uh they're just not that great offensively they're not that great defensively despite a strong start and we talked about it with beal there lee they really truly need another playmaker um because when luca isn't on the floor well, there's no one really running the offense and creating for other guys because it's not Porzingis. You know, it's not Jalen Brunson. He is not J.J. Barea 2.0, uh, really, in, in that. And I thought it was going to be Josh Richardson, who I know has missed time this season. And the Mavericks have been hurt with COVID, um, you know, health and safety protocols. A lot of guys missing time. I get all that. But, like, Josh Richardson, if you remember, I was pumped, like, coming into the season because he was awesome in the preseason. And I thought, okay, maybe this is like the secondary playmaker, a guy that can shoot the three and stuff like that. And he has just been brutal. Over the last three games, Lee, he hasn't hit a three. I mean, that's bad. I mean, he's playing, too. He's getting minutes. Um, he's averaging just 12 points per game this season, and uh, he can't hit a shot. So he has, uh, he's disappointed me. I like Josh Richardson, but he's just had a bad go of it here. And maybe the missing time was part of it and the injuries and stuff like that. But, yeah, Dallas. Just uh, I'm not high on the Mavericks right now, and uh, you know, and we've already talked about KP, so we don't, we don't have to go over that again. But it's not looking that great here. That's one of those teams, Tass, that has started very, very disappointingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I gotta blame it on Luca. The guy has to do too much, and then uh, he wasn't ready for doing like beyond that. I mean, he had to like he had to play like five positions. It felt like uh, for a lot of those games. So I. Uh, yeah, once they get their guys back, I mean, I'm worried about their front court, that's for sure. And I was, you know, one of the teams that had the lowest ceiling and, and the highest, uh, no, the other way, the lowest floor and the highest ceiling were the Dallas Mavericks coming into the season because they, he doesn't have enough help. And then mm-hmm. you throw in the that guys were just missing game after game after game. Yeah, like half the rotation was out. Uh, so uh, it's, it, and, and, and Luca wasn't healthy. Um, yeah, he needs help, man. He needs help. Well, weren't they like, you know, they had the second best defense, yeah. in, you know, and, and I remember we talked about it and I said like, oh, it doesn't feel like that. Now they're down to like 20th. Yeah. I remember someone in the comments was like, no, Lee, man, our defense is legit. I'm like, I think so. And we're starting to see a little bit more of it now. But, you know, the Mavs aren't known for their defense. It's it's on offense how they're going to win games, especially in a Rick Carlisle system. But uh, that's sort of also just struggling a little bit mm-hmm. right now. 
Yeah, and I'm with you, Skeets. I think Josh Richardson has certainly been disappointing. Yeah. For whatever reason, it happened the exact same way with the 76ers last year. They brought in Josh Richardson. We thought, oh, man, he's going to help defensively. He's going to hit some threes. He can be a playmaker. But the decisions just don't come quick enough, and it slows down the offense. And if you're not hitting the threes, what's the point? It could end up bad for the Mavericks, though. They don't have their first-round draft pick this year. That's going to New York because of the Chris Stapps-Porzingis mm-hmm. trade. They also traded 2023. I mean, that's another couple of seasons. Likely they will get it back on track, but things need to change for the Mavericks. They got to shoot threes to be able to win games. And so far they haven't been able to shoot threes. If you're basing your team around offense and the offense isn't there, what do you have left? It ain't defense for Dallas, but I don't know. They just need a hot month of shooting. You're able to turn it around. And like we've seen with a bunch of these teams, all the standings are all jammed up together. You you just need a quick run to be able to get back to the top of the conference, but the Mavs are going to have to figure out how to make some shots. That's what it comes down to. I think. Tass, finish this off. Go ahead, go ahead. And they're playing at home for a good chunk of this next month. And uh, their head coach, Rick Carlisle, said, we just went through the toughest stretch of schedules in NBA history. (laughs) So, uh, you know, he's being a little dramatic about that. But they did have a tougher schedule with literally like half the rotation being out. It was like Russell Westbrook yelling at Kyrie Irving yesterday uh, when they were taking a free throw. Hey, we had seven guys here for like two weeks. Can you just like relax and give us a win here, man? The Mavs are just... They were, they're a thin team in terms of uh, just in terms of depth coming into the season, coming in just in terms of talent. Uh, and then, yeah, they were decimated. So I think they can turn it around. All right, Tass, finish us off here. Loser of the weekend. Who you got? What you got? Well, I'm going deep in a rotation. The Pistons' Rodney Magruder. Magruder pissed off plenty of people in a blowout loss to the Warriors on Saturday, including Clay Thompson who was on the broadcast, being Clay, He was great. So here's the situation. After the final buzzer, Magruder went and had some words with Golden State's Juan Toscano-Anderson. And what you're going to hear right now is, while it's happening, Warriors analyst Kalena Azubuki asking Clay to find out what the scuffle is all about. So listen to the call. What's Magruder doing over there? Is a little scuffle happening? What are you talking about, Juan? And then everything seems to be okay oh there. Clay's figuring out, what, what, what's going on over there, Clay? Rodney Magruder. Oh, no, this dude might be out the league soon. He's probably mad about that. Who knows? Wow. Shots fired. <laughs> He's over here checking my guy. You good? That's savage. Five he over here trying to start something like he's a good player or something. It's like, bro, easy. get out of here. You might be. Sorry. All right, we're done. Easy. <laughs> yeah, Clay oh breaking it down. Yeah, Clay, yeah, Clay not hesitating. And not hesitate. I love how the Warriors are playing. The elder statesmen who have accomplished everything. And somebody comes in question. Steps to them. Some guy who's playing at the end of a blowout game. I mean, Ronnie Magruder only played a few minutes in this game. He was part of garbage time. And Clay immediately doesn't hesitate. Calling yeah. him out. I love how these guys you know, are on their high horse. I, I love that about him. And then Draymond Green after the game. Didn't even see what happened. He was in the locker room when it happened. <laughs> uh, he was just asked about... Rodney Magruder, he just went off for two minutes like he was an MMA fighter, just swearing and cursing all over the place. It was all over Twitter. No bleeps and bloops. I don't know how, if you guys are good with the expletives just flying around. Like the league is just different in terms of just bleeping everything because they just let it fly. He was just going after uh, Rodney Magruder, calling, Why, you're a tough guy? You're trying to. I guess he was sort of trying to be a tough guy like Draymond Green's a tough guy uh, and he didn't like him, you know, stepping on his turf, but but also just coming after one of their players. So that was crazy to see Rodney Magruder. You didn't think he'd be making headlines, <laughs> yeah. but just decimated by the Golden State Warriors. 
after they got decimated. So it's just a lose-lose-lose situation for Rodney Magruder. Yeah, it's one thing for Draymond Green to sound off for two minutes about Magruder, but for Clay Thompson, uh, you know, that that was sort of the shocking part, like you said, Tassie, just like right away went in on him. Like, this guy's, this guy's a bum, basically. I mean, I'm surprised he's in the league. Like, ruthless. Yeah. To the point where you can hear the rest of the Warriors broadcast going like, okay, okay. easy, easy, okay, okay, we get the point, man. Like, uh, you're not a fan of Magruder, but... Yeah, it was amazing. I, like, you don't mess with on... Juan Toscano Anderson. That's yeah. what I've always said. They got his back. They got, I guess so. I mean, Mondays we do the winners and weekends. Uh, sorry, the winners and losers of the weekend. Um, but I was going to throw at you guys a what you got. Better beef. Actually, well, we could put the uh, rebound beefs in there too. Better beef from the weekend. Magruder versus the Warriors. All of those rebounds uh, from Drummond or Adams. Or Kyle Lowry versus Aaron Gordon. Oh. Who uh, kicked back up their beef? Uh, Lee, you're leaning towards that one. It feels like because they were going at it on uh, Sunday, I guess. Yeah, so there's a bit of history there. But yeah. Gordon just uh, flattened Kyle Lowry last night when Lowry wasn't even watching. He only got a flagrant one for that. I'm shocked that he didn't get ejected for that. That was a cheap shot, and I know there's some history there between them. But uh, to just line a guy out like that, that that was that was very very bad from uh, Gordon. So. Uh, he got away with the uh, Kyle, as always. He wants to get up and he's ready to keep going. But uh, the slow-mo replay from the sort of reverse or, or baseline camera angle, you see Gordon just like see him coming and he just steps in and knocks him down. It was uh, that was very, very bad. Yeah, I thought, a- from Gordon. AG was pissed from the play prior where, you know, Lowry got like a little knee into him and then back to the bubble, of course, yeah. when uh, that was a hard foul, right? Lowry on, on Gordon at the time. And then there was the big exchange of like uh, – Kyle asking, uh, or was he telling him his room number, right? Was yeah, that that's it? right, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. yeah exactly right. So, so yeah, no, then definitely uh, Aaron Gordon, I don't think we'll be being traded to the Raptors, Tass. I think we can uh, <laughs> lock that in. He's going to be traded somewhere. Still, I think the Mavericks are in play, but uh, I don't think it's going to be the Raps. Not if Lowry's there, at least. Maybe they'll be traded for each other. Pascal's dunk on him was very yeah. nice Ooh, as mm-hmm. well. Very, very nice. Uh, Raptors got a much-needed win there. Okay, so those are our... Winners and losers of the NBA weekend, but you tell us who we miss. Obviously, lots out there still. Let us know in the stream team. Let us know in the YouTube comments. Tweet at us at No Dunks Inc. We got to take one more break to hear from our sponsors, though. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers. I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes 
that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the Air Knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. Okay, uh, we got uh, some rumors here. According to Shams, Sharanya, Shams, Sharanya of The Athletic, the 76ers, Nets, and Celtics have emerged as potential trade destinations for the Pelicans' J.J. Redick, though, as Shams points out, nothing is imminent. The decision to focus on these three Northeast teams comes with Redick's interests in mind, as his family still lives in Brooklyn, and he would, uh, in theory, like to play closer to home up there. He is on a $13.1 million contract that expires at the end of the season. So Tass, Sixers, Nets, Celtics, um, you know, J.J. Redick, which team makes the most sense? What do you think? I think Boston is the best fit. They're desperate for a third guard. Uh, And I I don't think Brooklyn, even though it it sounds all well and good, uh, add everybody. If you're the Brooklyn Nets, just add everybody. They don't play defense. And J.J. Redick, that's not his strong suit. Uh, So I don't think it makes sense. They just signed Iman Shumpert for exactly that reason, to, to help out on the defensive end. They don't need more offense. Right. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, it kind of sounds good in theory. Hey, come back. You were just here two years ago. But JJ's 36 years old. It hasn't been a good season thus far in New Orleans. He's just coming off a, a couple DNPCD healthies there. And uh, they've got enough guys in front of them who are younger, healthy, and, and South Curry, Danny Green, and, and Shake Milton. I think he, he probably won't be taking minutes. Boston, when Kemba Walker was out, they missed guard play big time so beyond those two guys i think jj Redick, beyond sorry uh kemba walker and marcus smart beyond those two guys they need guard help and he would fit the absolute best uh right there and they can just absorb his money because of a contract uh trade exception that they got from uh, the gordon hayward move so that's it i think that's i think that's the one even though he may not want to be there maybe there's uh, you know maybe he would pick those other two destinations because of familiarity because of family but I think Boston's too good. I saw John Hollinger on The Athletic this morning says uh, he likes the Celtics one the most, too. He said, if I'm New Orleans, I ask for Time Lord, I get laughed at, and then I settle for two second-round picks and then taking a bit of uh, deadish money back from Boston, as you talked about with the uh, Gordon Hayward trade exception there. Makes sense. Uh, they could absorb him there. Marcus Smart's going to be out, uh, what, two or three weeks? Yeah, I think, too, Trey. End, yeah. yeah, it possibly could be longer, obviously. Uh, they thought it might have been even worse than that because it looks scary, but... Do you think it's uh, Boston in this case, Trey, or do, can you make a, you know, more of a case, I guess, for the Sixers or the Nets? I think Boston is good from a regular season standpoint. They don't have a ton of depth. He would get a lot of minutes, and you know, with the Marcus Smart injury, certainly there are going to be minutes there as well. But I think from a playoff standpoint, it's the Sixers for me. Uh, their offense looks better this year. It seems to make more sense. 
but they're still just 26th in three-pointers attempted. They need somebody else to get out there who can chuck it. Obviously, JJ was a 76er at one point. He also mm-hmm. played for Doc Rivers, who knows his playbook and will be able to get the best out of him, just like he has with Tobias Harris. I think if JJ is going to be playing actual playoff minutes that matter, it would be most likely for the 76ers, because when it comes down to it for the Celtics, you're going to be playing those four perimeter guys they have in Kemba, Marcus, Jalen, and Jason, along with a big guy, whoever that happens to be. So if JJ's wanting to contribute um, in the clutch, to me, it's the Sixers, but he certainly makes sense on the Celtics as well. It's hard to see him there in the Nets, despite the fact that obviously he lives in Brooklyn and wants to be back home. Yeah. I mean, he was playing uh, for Philadelphia and had his family in Brooklyn. I think he was commuting, if I remember that That's correctly. Close. Yeah. Um, Lee, what do you think? Is it are you, are you with these guys? It sounds like the Celtics or the Sixers, you know, over the Nets. Yeah, I, I just can't see how he can get there uh, to the Nets right now because he's because of his contract. But yeah, I mean, I, I, Dinwiddie would literally have to be involved, that, and like which, I don't see the Pelicans doing that. No, and I, and I just agent. that would seem a bit weird to trade a guy who's who's out with that injury. But maybe you know who knows? It's a business. But uh, so really surprised things haven't gone better for JJ. Understand Van Gundy? I thought that was a great situation for him coming off the bench. He had those six threes against the Raptors in the first game. It was like, oh yeah, this is a perfect role for him. A veteran on that team who just comes out and shoots. But it really that was almost the high point of his season that first game. Um, so I can definitely see the Sixers wanting another, a little bit more shooting, especially Daryl Morey. He'll love another three-point shooter out there, veteran at uh, this stage of his career. So I can see it coming down to pretty much the Celtics or the Sixers, just who's prepared to give up a little bit more to get him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess uh, I guess if the price is right, the Pelicans will just deal him to, to wherever they get the better option for. But uh, yeah, JJ, he can still shoot those threes. I'd still have him on the quarter end of games in uh, in, in clutch situations because he can knock down those shots. He can get hot. And um, I think just that situation in, in New Orleans is like, it's not worked, so it's time to move on. Get him to a team where they've got playoff hopes and, uh, and will be there. And I think he can thrive again coming off the bench. The NBA has two upcoming dates relating to that March 25th trade deadline too. February 2nd, tomorrow is the last day a player can be traded and still be aggregated into a multiplayer transaction at that trade deadline. So you got to be traded by tomorrow to then be traded again with other players in another type of deal at the deadline. And then February 6th, which is right around the corner, is when most players who sign free agent contracts in the offseason can begin to be traded. So just something of note, we could have some trades start coming our way pretty soon. All right, Tass, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. I went with the heart warmer variety. Just a nice little moment here. It comes from ESPN. You may have heard from of them. Uh, they captured a real nice moment between Nick's rookie Emmanuel quickly and 16-year vet Lou Williams. When Lou checked in for the first time, quickly went right up to him and said, you're one of my favorite players. Uh, so that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool for quickly to, to jump over there and give him a little handshake. It's special. It's special for him. And uh, I, yeah, I like how it's Lou Williams, uh, you know, uh, a guy who obviously established in the league. But for us, you think favorite players, you probably don't think Lou will immediately. Uh, so it was cool that uh, quickly appreciated that. And quickly, uh, yeah, it, it's... It's cool to appreciate a guy coming off the bench. There's nothing wrong with playing off the bench in the NBA. And Lou Williams has been in the year six or been in the league 16 years because he's okay with that. Because mm-hmm. he showed uh, that there's there's more positions than just the start and five. He's the leading scorer off the bench in NBA history. So that's uh, that was a pretty cool, pretty cool moment, especially that we got to read the lips uh, of Emmanuel quickly <laughs> say. 
You're one of my favorite players, man. Little handshake. Nice, nice little Sunday moment. God, I loved it. That was a fun game too, Clippers Knicks, uh, the matinee game there on Sunday. Um, quickly had an awesome game too, Lily. I mean, he's playing really, really well. He is, he's good. <laughs> like for him going as as low as he did in the draft. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of see why he liked Lou Williams though, because he's kind of got a similar game. He just goes out there firing away. Got so, that floater uh, for exactly. sure inside. Yeah. He's. Uh, I, I'm not sure what his free throw percentage is up to, but he only he'd only miss one for a while there quickly. So. Uh, that's, that's what I like to see, a rookie coming out there. He can hit his free throws from the start. Sure. Bright future. All right. <laughs> a nice little moment there. Quickly and Lou Williams caught by the, caught by the cameras. Tass, you love a good lip reading. You're right. Mm-hmm. It's you been a while. Love, yeah, when you see what they can say to each other. and you're, I mean, that one was pretty clear. There was no mm-hmm. doubt. Absolutely. So, no need to do pick'em results. We didn't pick a game on Friday night. Uh, Tass lost the month of January. He finished in last place. You don't want to finish in last place because you got to pay it off. We will be doing that this week. Let's try and lock that in. Tass got to pay it off either on this show or on social media. But if you have a last-minute suggestion, you can still get it in. Email it in, nodunksattheathletic.com. Let us know in the YouTube comments. Tweet it in, at nodunksinc. And, uh, yeah, Tass will be paying it off. But we started all over again here. February 1st, Monday. Nora said this morning this is, like, the perfect month. You know what I mean? I think it's, like, if you look at the calendar... February 1st, starting on the Monday. How many days are in February again? 28. 28. I think they got 28 this year. Yeah. It's like fits it just, you know, it's just perfect. I was like, oh, okay. She called it the square month. I've never heard of that. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe Nora made it up. But anyway, it's a perfect slash square February here. Uh, so, Tass, what's our game tonight? We're all zero <laughs> and zero across the board. Wow. A little calendar talk for you. Yeah, March yeah, 1st. Right? Huh? March 1st, they'll be lining up on a Monday, too. Woof. Doesn't, doesn't get See, much better than this. If you it like, is nice. you got to admit, it is nice to have the first on a Monday. I do really, really like that. <laughs> nah, I'm a, I'm a Sunday first first day of the calendar, nah, man. Get it, get it. God, I love it. I love it. I love to start my, my week with rest. Anyway, uh, Phoenix is visiting Dallas. Second game of their little baseball doubleheader. Phoenix yep. won that one as we talked about Dallas have lost, what is it, six in a row now? Five, I uh, thought. Five, just five, five it feels yeah. like six. Uh, they're at home, one and a half point dog, so it's basically a pick them. Can Phoenix win two in a row? Can they go back-to-back in this doubleheader matchup with the Mavs that gave away a double-digit lead in that first game against the Phoenix Suns? So who you got? Skeet, start, start us off. I would just love to know, I mean, Schumann, are you there? Are you in the stream team? I'd love to know the breakdown of these little baseball back-to-back series. Um, you know, what's what's been the more likely outcome? Is it, it, it feels, I think it feels like there been more like splits than not, right? You know, where it's uh, one team takes one game and they lose the second. To but start the season, it was more sweeps actually. But okay. For like, oh. for like eight of them. Okay. And uh, yeah, when we started, it was majority was sweeps, which is surprising. Yeah, very and surprising. It, so and I, it was road, road sweeps as well, but maybe that's changed the last couple of weeks. I don't know. I mean, splits yeah, I are the norm. Uh, yeah, you would think you know, so, yeah. but uh, I'm sticking with that that early season trend, Tess. Mm-hmm. I don't like what I'm seeing from the Mavericks right now. Maybe the, tonight's the night where they hit a bunch of threes. Watch watch Tim Hardaway go for 50 tonight. <laughs> this will be the night. But I'm taking the Suns. I, I, I think they're just a better basketball team right now. Uh, so I'll go Suns to do it to uh, win sort of two in a row here against Dallas. Uh, Suns one and a half favorites for me. Trey? Gotta get nice February started off on a bang, Skeets. Gotta get that square February started right. I also am gonna go with the Suns here. 
just because I think the Mavs have been doing pretty bad. This is their third game in four nights, so that doesn't bode well for the three-point shooting. And as we've talked about, you got to make threes if you're the Mavs. Give me Phoenix. Lee, what do you think? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it was a Chris Paul takeover late in that game on Saturday. Um, and there's no Devin Booker apparently again tonight while Porzingis is back for the Mavericks. But uh, I just don't feel all that confident in uh, in Dallas right now. So uh, I, too, will take the Phoenix wow. Suns tonight. Wow. Tass, are you going to swerve to start us off here? Yeah, I got no problem swerving. Yeah, I got no swerve. problem staying in the loser lane. Uh <laughs> Yeah, give me Willie Colley-Stein, Chris Saps, Porzingis, and Dwight Powell. Have a big one. Give me Willie, Chrissy, and, and Dwighty. Yeah, okay. So you got the Mavericks. Uh, and they don't have to win the game, but they got to keep it oh so, so close if they don't. All right, Tass has the Dallas Mavericks plus one and a half. Everybody else has the Suns to win by two or more. Good luck, good luck. All right, that's it for Monday's show. Really fun one. Love an NBA weekend winners and losers. We uh, teased it off the top there. Told you about it off the top. Let's tell you again. JD, rack it up. Grab your new No Dunks merch. Mm at nodunks.com mm. which of these are you peeping lee these are all your favorite teams you're choosing one uh, uh, probably the knicks because i love that oh, baby blue it's not really baby blue though is it it's uh <laughs> no, it's definitely no. not. guy playing to the big fan base once again <laughs> <laughs> surprised we didn't get a beal trade uh the new york knicks Ooh. to reunite your two loves <laughs> yeah that yeah. was one team i stayed away from i, I tried to get beal i mean the mavericks don't really fit the bill but i tried to get him to a team that is gonna be contending if he goes there so okay, okay. yeah i'll keep awesome. working I'll, I'll keep working i'll see if I can i'm get telling you Lee, i want a bradley beal new trade package tomorrow on tuesday's show okay i'll get you one i'll get okay. you one yeah i just wanted a new team I, I, we've done the nuggets we've done the heat we've done the Mavs. we you know talked about a few other teams with something new get crazy man let's go Talking into existence. Okay, I'll so grab it. your uh, No Dunks merch at nodunks.com. Keep emailing your NBA questions and comments in for our next Beach Steppin' podcast. Usually hit the beach on Wednesday. That's the plan again. So email them in, nodunks at theathletic.com. Like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. And uh, hey, subscribe to The Athletic for $3.99 a month right now. It's like you're uh, getting a Harry's Razor with that deal, really. <laughs> oh, $3.99 a month. For a subscription to The Athletic, uh, you get the podcast ad-free as well. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks so they know we sent you. It helps your boys out. All right. Fun show, guys. Fun Monday here in this perfect month, this perfect square February. Can't wait to go classic after classic after classic with you, bros. Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember... Being a square keeps you from going round in circles. Thanks to J. Vernon McGee for that quote. Embrace the day, people. You could stay. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.